Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. Following is the master's article from our May 2018 trestle board. Northeast Cornerstone. Masons refer to the northeast corner of the lodge and an edifice for metaphoric esoteric reasons. It's something that signifies a beginning and reminds us all of the importance of that beginning. The cornerstone is a reference to a ceremonial event and lays tribute to the beginning of something, expected to span a stretch of time that will always serve as remembrance to something special. In all instances, we can say that it's a foundation meant to support a structure or moral edifice. Without that, nothing can or will withstand the weight. The foundation is something that is carefully mixed, laid, or poured, and combines several materials which come together as an aggregate to hold together. This acts as a solid base to unite the framework. The brotherly love we share and have experienced started somewhere and at some point. When? After a few times of visiting the lodge? After receiving your first degree? Hopefully you can determine when the bond began to strengthen. We all go from stranger to friend to brother. We know that every brother in the lodge is there for us. Masonry has given some brothers the best friendships they will ever have. True, great friendships which they probably wouldn't develop anywhere else, not at work, in their neighborhood, or through travel. All Masons meet on the level, even if they are meeting for the first time. We can point to Freemasonry after a few years of being a member and admit that we've changed. Most brothers can't explain how exactly, but they know they think different, they approach issues with an open mind and more clear. You see life through a different lens. You may even call it clarity, Perhaps the difference is the influence you receive from those around you, the influence of your environment. If you surround yourself with good people, it reflects on you, and you, in turn, emulate that. That logic is simple to understand, and it makes sense. If that's the case, we are examples of what Freemasonry can become for those who witness our bond, our brotherly love, and our fraternity. Will Freemasonry be a strong fraternity a hundred years from now? Will we be a beacon of light in our society? Will we be looked upon as a source for enlightenment? The answer to those questions depends on the quality of Freemasons living today. Hence, our social and fraternal bonds are more than just friendships. We are here and have developed this relation for ourselves, for our fraternity, for our future members, and for the future of Freemasonry. We are builders. Let us build from this friendship and unique opportunity we share. Let us make it something which can't be ignored by those in our inner circle. We can influence those around us, even if they are not members of our lodge, because if they do join us one day, we will have led by example, and those quality men will be the ones who help shape our fraternal future. To put it more eloquently, I refer to a very excellent address titled Masonry in the Modern World by the very reverend brother Dean J. O. Reimer, Dean of Auckland, New Zealand. He said, if we ourselves cannot see in our organization a purpose in the community which is wider than our internal aims, then we will never draw into our ranks the type of men we need 
neither will we be able to convince the world outside that it is an organization which has a beneficial influence on the affairs of the community at large. Masonry placed us on the northeast corner of our lodge on the first step in Masonry. We know this was the first step, the first step in many that we will take on our Masonic journey. And no matter how far our travels may take us, there will never be a step more important than the first one we took, the first step as a Mason. Fraternally yours, Eric F. Jenkins, Master. From the West. Greetings and salutations, ladies and brethren. In part four of looking at the Grand Lodge 2020 strategic plan, we will be looking at the first couple of bullet points under memorable and meaningful degrees. Ritual experience is our most cherished custom. Its teachings transform members' lives. We make meaningful ritual experiences by ensuring every candidate has an actively engaged coach and providing quality ritual through careful practice. An actively engaged coach is a man who not only helps the candidate with his proficiency, but also continues to build on the friendship and teachings of Freemasonry. In order to help the candidate learn, it is imperative that the coach not just be a coach, but a friend, a guide, and a confidant. Brethren, when you think back to the man who was your coach, you should have fond memories of the time spent together and of the insights into our ancient craft you received as you moved forward through your degrees. If any candidate reading this doesn't feel his coach is actively engaged, please reach out to the head candidate's coach, the master, or one of the wardens. As with many things in life, sometimes the fit isn't just right and some adjustments need to be made. This is not stating that either is doing anything wrong, but that another brother may be a better fit. In fact, I would suggest to the officers that all new candidates choose their coach among the brethren they have begun to build a relationship. We never want a member to fade away because he didn't feel he was getting the right attention or wasn't a good fit with the assigned coach. Providing quality ritual through careful practice is an area where pride in the craft truly shows. As officers, we have the duty to learn and perfect our parts in all areas of ritual, from the stated meeting to the third degree and everything in between. From the floor work of the junior deacon to the final speech in the third degree, there is ancient and honored ritual guiding us, and we should be proudly learning these parts to the best of our ability. All Masons need to remember that at the initiation of a candidate, he is getting his first in-the-lodge experience with Freemasonry, and the last thing we want him to hear is an officer being corrected, sometimes incorrectly, because he has said the wrong word, missed a line, or has paused for a second to catch his bearings. Oftentimes, the officer just needs to take a second and will pick right back up. If not, there is an officer's coach or designated brother available who can prompt if needed. We don't want the candidate's memory of his degree to be that several brothers were jumping into quote-unquote help and ended up getting the officer lost or flustered. So, officers, learn your parts well and be proud of your position. Go to OSI, participate in practices, Study your lines, and don't be offended when you are gently reminded of any errors you may have made. None of us are perfect, and we all strive to be better tomorrow than we were today. May brotherly love and peace prevail. Aaron Reddick, Past Master, Senior Warden. From the South. To paraphrase Albert Pike, not even a life well lived can prepare one for death. And that's true. Man knows that his time will eventually come to an end, but we don't know when that will be. Death is as much a part of life as living. 
As from the earth we came, man eventually returns to it, and when that time comes, no one is prepared. I write about this because, as mentioned, it's part of life, even if we wish not to think about it. Unfortunately, there comes a time when the Lodge is informed of members who have passed. We read their names and include them in our publications. Some names I've never heard before. I've never met these brothers, but still, I wonder what they were like, their personalities, their character, and how they were made the brothers feel when they were at Lodge. Were they skilled in this craft? Did they share Masonic insight and thought amongst each other? I think of the work they have done, unbeknownst to me, and what they did during their time as Masons to make this Lodge what it is today. For the names I do recognize, I think of the first time I met them. I remember thinking to myself, I wonder how much of a big shot he is in this Lodge. In other words, how knowledgeable he was in Freemasonry. I desire to learn and be taught by them. I think of the first time I received my degrees and what officers were in each chair, their delivery, and or how much they influenced in me. When names are read during In Memoriam, I always say a silent prayer and ask the Creator to watch over them, to thank them for their work, and to give their family strength during this time of mourning. I can't help but think about the legacy they left behind, not just Masonic, but all the lives they touched. I assume a part of their legacy had something to do with Masonry and how they applied it to their life. We can only conduct ourselves based on life experiences and knowledge attained. As Masons, we often share our wisdom. We make ourselves better and then better the world. Everything eventually comes full circle, meaning, what is my legacy? What will it be? When will my name be read one day? When so, who will remember me, my work, my contributions? Were they egoist or for the betterment of society? We will all leave a legacy, intended or not. The good thing is you can decide what your legacy will be while the grains of sand in the top bulb of the hourglass outweigh the lower bulb. Will the work you do today be relevant tomorrow? That's the question we should all ask ourselves. Are we teaching our young entered apprentices the value of our cardinal virtues? Are we providing Masonic education which helps them blaze their own trail? As our senior steward, Brother John McCarger, once said, we should be yelling from mountaintops how amazing Masonry is. I couldn't agree more. By not examining Freemasonry, man denies himself the possibility of expanding his mind, becoming a free thinker, meeting great men, and creating friendships that might otherwise never existed. My year as master, I put a simple quote on the back of my program. I hope most people still remember it. It read, tomorrow begins today. Begin your legacy and make it something worth sharing. Sincerely and fraternally, Carlos M. Diaz, Jr., Past Master, Junior Warden. We finish up the May 2018 Trestle Board with another article by our past master, Carlos Diaz, Jr. As Grand Lodge Officer, I've been fortunate to see lodges constituted, initiating their beginning. We often hear the term, a legally and constituted lodge. Truly, every lodge you visit is constituted, but for six of the new seven lodges in California for 2018, I can go back 20 years from now and say, I was here when your lodge received its charter. I can tell the members of the event that day, the festive dinner we shared, and how we celebrated their new lodge. I can point to a picture on the wall and say, I met him, the first master of this lodge. I can tell them about the Grand Lodge officers in attendance. I can share memories. That's something I can't do for many lodges in our county, especially our lodge. I don't know anyone who was around 115 years ago when we were chartered. 
I've also had the privilege to attend Lodge events throughout the state, enjoying their celebration and milestones. April was very busy. On April 7th, Yorba Linda celebrated their 100-year anniversary. I learned so much history. The Lodge explained how Yorba Linda was established, the boundaries it originally spanned, how the city changed, and how Masons established their footing in the community early on. The building Yorba Linda occupies to this day is the original building. The marketing that was done to attract out-of-state residents and businesses to the area was done in a way to promote the agricultural advantages of Orange County. It was said to be the best climate for orange and avocado groves. The Kimberly Clark family was one of the first to move to the area. They still have business corporations in Fullerton. Richard Nixon was also one of the first to buy property in Yorba Linda. During the ceremony, the mayor of Placentia said a few words and addressed the crowd. Why, you may ask? Because he's also a mason and Yorba Linda is his mother lodge, since the city of Placentia does not have a lodge. The very next day, I was off to Santa Barbara Lodge number 192. They were one of the first 200 lodges in California. They celebrated their 150-year anniversary. Santa Barbara is a city Christy and I always enjoy visiting. That's where I proposed to Christy, and of course, that coastal city is a great destination for the weekend or for an extended stay. City officials were also in attendance, and they praised Santa Barbara Lodge for all the work they do and their involvement in the community. Brethren and AGLs from all over California were in attendance. Masons from out of state attended as well. Even Masons from out of the country were there. The Grand Lodge of Baja, California attended. Their Grand Master, Wardens, and Concierge were introduced during the ceremony. Afterwards, at dinner, I sat at the table near them and talked with them and their spouses. The international language of Masonry is something that should always be shared. The Grand Master explained how most worshipful Bruce Galloway was at his installation, and they have maintained a great relationship since. Speaking of, the Grand Master, his wife Gay, and a few top Grand Lodge officers are in Tijuana this weekend for the Conference of the Californias. On April 16th, Cornerstone Lodge in La Habra held a 50-year Cornerstone rededication with City Hall and the school district. This originally, and accidentally, came about while construction was being done on the school. Removing building material, they discovered a Masonic cornerstone with inscription and date. With planning and due diligence, the City, Cornerstone Lodge, and Grand Lodge of California had this event scheduled to celebrate it exactly 50 years after the stone was laid. Imagine if it was found after the date. I'm sure a ceremony still would have been planned. And to think, the above mentioned was only for April. My travels since annual communication of last year have offered many opportunities to see places, meet brothers, and their families. Just as impressive have been the enlightening conversations I've had with brethren. Talking about what they know, what I know, our opinions, expanding our thoughts. The Creator has truly given me a gift to cherish for a lifetime. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.